This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We're going to continue our series on speaking words that heal and not hurt. And the Bible tells us that words have the power of life and death. And God's desire is for all of us to learn how to control our tongues so that our words bring Life And so far in our series, we've explored the truth about lying, malignant talk, that's uh, gossip and slander, uh, the the boasting, the flattery, exaggerations. Uh, We talked about uh, words of complaining and criticizing. I think last week, yeah, we talked about the expletives deleted and lifting our speech out of that gutter. And we all know and we all understand how our tongues can cause much trouble and do much damage. I can attest to the fact, you know, I've said things that I've regretted, you know, where you stick your foot in your mouth on accident, or not really on accident, you just don't think through things. can't really call it an accident. If you were to think, you probably wouldn't do it. There's a story I heard from a friend who's a preacher. He walked into this kitchen. He saw his friend standing over there with this, He said it was an unusual expression on his face. And here's the key, not thinking. He said, what's with the funny expression on your face? Uh, The fella said, well, I have Bell's palsy, and half of my face is temporarily paralyzed. The man felt terrible that he had to... uh, he had said that, and then not only on top of that, he's got to put up with the insensitive people like him. He just didn't think about it, but still, that's he didn't think. I remember a time when I was guest preaching at a congregation and arrived early. Uh, met a, uh, this one fella. He was a super friendly guy. He said, my name is Bob, but I spell my name different from other Bobs. And without thinking, I blurted out some sarcastic comment of whatever it was. And um, he dejectedly said, no, I, I spell my name backwards. He was trying to make a funny joke, and he just walked away. Man, I felt terrible. At the time, I felt proud of my quick wit. But how foolish. We have been learning... To avoid the many ways our tongues can get us into trouble. I've encouraged us to do what you know what many grandmothers have told us to do, think before you speak. And one of the best strategies should be what James, the brother, the half brother of Jesus, suggested our attitudes should be toward the Bible. From the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, when he said, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Another once wisely said, A closed mouth gathers no foot. 
Today, I would like to turn our attention toward the good use of our tongue. Now, up to this point, we've talked about uh, you know, focusing on eliminating the damaging and the destructive speech, which is obviously really important for us to do. But unfortunately, the wrong use of our tongues can undo any good things we do with our tongues. So eliminating the negative is critical. That's half the battle is one with just that, but it's not enough. We need to have a healthy, positive relationship. And if we want that, we need to, have, we need to communicate good words. Imagine a relationship with someone where you never said anything inappropriate, but you also never said anything appropriate. In other words, you never said anything at all. (laughs) It wouldn't be much of a relationship, would it? And so we need to develop the ability to speak appropriately to others. We need to learn to use our tongues for good. I like the verse from Proverbs. It's really been the the main platform upon which we've uh, springboarded all these lessons, Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I think if we learn to use our tongues for good, it will bless our lives in all our relationships in amazing ways. So let's spend the rest of our time this, uh, this afternoon thinking about how to use our tongues to speak life which will result in blessings for us and for others. Here's the first one. Speaking life in our relationship with God. Now think about how many important ways that we can use our tongue and use our words in our relationship with God. Our tongue and our words are are useful at every stage of that relationship. The beginning of our relationship and the building of it and the sustaining of it Maybe even the restoring of that relationship with God, if necessary. But let's go back. Let's begin with our confession of our faith. We know from the study of Scripture that the confession of our faith in Jesus is important to the beginning of our relationship. Jesus said in Matthew 10, Everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess, also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. Paul reminded Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then Paul reminds the Romans, in Romans chapter 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So one of the very best ways we can use our tongue and our words for good is when we use them to make the initial profession of our faith at the time of our baptism. A second good use is in song and prayer. You know, Once we have begun our relationship with God, we can continue to build and sustain that with our tongue and when we sing songs of praise and in our prayers. I like the acronym called ACTS, A-C-T-S. It helps us to remember those important areas of expression. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Let's look at all those. Adoration. True that God does not need our praise, but we need to praise him in order to keep 
clearly in our minds how good and how great our God is. Psalm, the 104th Psalm says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I ha- have my being. The 22nd Psalm, I will tell your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Praise and adoration. Good words. Uh, and are a good use of our tongues. Second, confession. I know God doesn't need our confession to know we've done something wrong. But he knows we need to acknowledge what we have done. Express our sorrow. Like what David said in the 32nd Psalm. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through all my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity. I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. John reminds us of this wonderful promise in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have all likely experienced the relief of confessing our sins to God and feeling the relief of knowing that they have been forgiven. So confession is important in our relationship with God. Thanksgiving. God doesn't need, again, our expression of appreciation, but we need to express it, right? When we express our thanksgiving, we are reminded of what we have and what our God has done for us. The 118th Psalm, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Paul said to the Colossians in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. The 100th Psalm, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And with regard to the use of our tongues, Paul said this to the Ephesians in Ephesians 5.4. There must be no filthiness no, and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather, instead of all those things, but rather give the giving of thanks. Gratitude is so good for our relationship with God. And ingratitude is damaging to our relationship. I, I love to hear my children say prayers. They are thankful for everything. I'm not kidding. They'll they'll start it off by saying, thank you for my fork. Thank you for my brother's fork. Thank you for my sister's fork. Thank you for my plate. Thank you for my brother's. I mean, it will go on and on forever. It's cute, but I can't let it go on forever. We got to stop. We have to heat the food up again. But I appreciate the attitude. There's always something to be thankful for. And finally, supplication or requests. In our relationship with God, we can use our tongues to express our needs. Just like with all other communication with God, he doesn't need it, and he already knows about it, but God wants us to say it anyway. We need to say it for ourselves. We need to lay our, our, uh, our requests out there before God to be reminded of where everything comes from and to be reminded that God is in control and that he will give us what's best. By laying out our request before him, we can experience 
peace. Philippians chapter 4, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, I hope we are starting to grasp how our tongues and our words can be used for much good in our relationship with God. Here's the second point. Speaking life in our relationships with family and friends. One of my favorite verses on this subject is Ephesians 4.29, where Paul says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And what do we learn from that simple verse? Unwholesome words tear people down, right? Leave them less whole, uh, but wholesome talk builds people up. You got that edification word. That's the same word that we get uh, edifice or building. The Bible is telling us that the people uh, are the temple of the Spirit of Christ, that we have the privilege of being used to build that temple or tear it down. That's a powerful imagery there. If it applies to everyone in our lives, and everyone is made in God's image and God's special creation, and that is true of the overbearing boss or teacher, the rude flight attendant, or, or whoever stressed out family member, all of these people have potential to be part of God's temple. And we have the power to build them up or bring them down. So we need to make a commitment to not allow any unwholesome talk to come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building up of others according to their needs. And we can speak life, first off, into our relationships by speaking loving, positive words. What are some of the most important words and phrases that we should regularly say to our spouses, our children's, parents, siblings, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. I love you. Can't say it enough or in too many ways. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do for me. Simple thank you. Expressions of appreciation. I believe in you. You can do it. Things like that. Um, Another important thing we learn to say is, what do you think or what is your opinion? And I could go on and on and on and on with all kinds of possibilities. But let me give you, give us uh, one more thing to communicate. I am proud of you. And that's especially important for our children to hear from us. And so we need, we all need love poured into us. We need to be valued and inspired by people positive words. That's wholesome talk. And we can speak life into our relationships by speaking encouraging words. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Now what's encouragement? Is it uh, complimenting their haircut or telling them how good their homemade salsa tastes? That kind of encouragement is important, sure, but the encouragement of Scripture refers to it, uh, referring to here is explicitly spiritual encouragement. 
And spiritual encouragement is shared in the hopes that it will lift someone's heart toward God. Spiritual encouragement may seek to point out evidences of grace in another person's life to help them see that God is using them for good. Or spiritual encouragement may point a person to God's promises that assures them that all they face is under his control. The New Testament reveals that encouragement was a regular part of the early church's life. Together as they tried to spur one another on in faith and hope and unity, strength, faithfulness, perseverance, and the certainty of Christ's return. Encouragement is a wonderful and important use of our tongues. Number three, we can speak life into our relationships by speaking comforting words. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, that, that whole passage there about uh, comfort. There Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's a long sentence. How wonderful and helpful it is to receive God's comfort through others and then pass that comfort on to others when they need it. We have personally been blessed when others have comforted us through their words, calls, or cards, and then we have tried to pass that comfort on to others to their their needs. Sharing it is a great use of our tongues and our words. Number four, we can speak life into our relationships by speaking, here it is, you know it was coming, evangelizing words. We can use our tongues to share the greatest story ever told, the story of God's love. We can use our tongues to share the testimony of God's good work in our lives. We can use our tongues to share the many lessons God has taught us from his words. And so, I want to encourage each of us to ask ourselves, which of my family or or, or friends needs me to share with them more about the gospel? You know, what about my testimony or about other truths in God's word? Speaking those kinds of words is one of the best uses of our tongues. All right, finally, we can speak life into our relationships by speaking correcting and warning words. Appropriate speech is truthful speech, but that doesn't mean it's always positive. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. That's found there in Ephesians 4, verse 15. An important use of our tongue also includes correcting and warning others. And this is certainly true you know, parents with their children and friends with friends, but also members of God's family. Why? Why would any of us remain silent if we see our child, friend, church member heading into danger or into God's judgment? If we saw somebody that we love walking on their, you know, typing on their cell phone, and they're about ready to fall into a 50-foot trench and kill themselves and die, Wouldn't you scream and get their attention to stop them? How many of our friends and family, children, family, or whomever, 
we see walking in the direction of hell? Have we done anything to try and help them see the error of their way? I'm not saying that we ought to be banging them over the head. We've got to do it in love. We've got to do it in a way that they're going to stop and actually listen to us. We don't want to close doors. So sometimes maybe it's a slow process. But whatever it takes to begin the process, why would we remain silent? Paul had to confront the Apostle Peter about some things in Galatians chapter 2, 11 through 14. That's where he, he had to correct Peter to his face because Peter was causing others to fall away because he didn't want to eat with the Gentiles. When Paul had to correct the Corinthians about some things, he wrote this. This is great words in 1 Corinthians four fourteen. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he encouraged them, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Great. That's awesome. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 and 15. Correcting and warning others are some of the more challenging uses of our tongues. And when we have to do it, when we got to do that, we need to make sure to do it as lovingly and as gently as we possibly can. And praise God for all these positive and powerful uses of our tongues. With his help, our tongues can speak life into our relationships with God, with family, friends, others. With his help, we can use our tongues and our words to change our world. We can. It starts with you and me. I want to start wrapping this up with a, with a positive example of someone using good words to make a better world. Uh, I found this story online. I'm pretty certain it's true. I couldn't verify it, but I think this is true. It's about this couple. They go around and um, uh, they, they they help these grocery stores across the country. They, they, they kind of, I guess you could say they're motivating, trying to help them to be better workers and how to treat customers. And, you know, they were talking to this one outfit that have uh, outlet stores all over the country. They're talking about 3,000 folks. And little did they know that one of the people out in the audience at the training was this 19-year-old guy named Johnny. Johnny had Down syndrome, uh, and he worked as a bagger at one of the grocery stores. Johnny said this, I went back to the store. This is after he heard everything from them. I went back to the store, and I didn't know how to apply their statements. I liked their talk, but... I didn't know what to do with it. So I went home and talked with my dad. And I got an idea. And my dad and I sat down at the computer. And every day we came up with a statement that is affirming of people. And that's encouraging. We type it up six different times on the computer. I print off 50 sheets and cut them up. And every night Johnny would personally sign each of the 300 little strips of paper. 
Then the next day, uh, at the grocery store, as he he puts the stack, uh, he puts the stack right there beside him on his bag to the groceries. And when he gets a person's uh, groceries bagged up, he puts the quote of the day and the encouraging word in the sack. And then Johnny makes sure that he looks that person in the eye and he says, I put something very special for you in your sack. I hope it will brighten your day. And he did that every single day after he got that seminar from those motivational speakers. The trainer, one of the trainers, Barbara, said about a month uh, later, she got a phone call from the manager of that grocery store. And he said that he couldn't believe it. Something amazing had been happening. He was walking around the store and noticed that he had a lot of folks checking out uh, in the checkout lines, but they were all in one line. There was a four, three or four lines open, but everyone was in this one line, you know, backed up to the frozen food section. And he would tell them over the intercom, there were other lines. They could move over. Uh, they wouldn't move. So he went out there down the line and told people, hey, we have other lines open. And one person said, no, we're here because we want to get Johnny's encouraging word of the day. One woman said to the manager, I used to only come to the store once a week or every other week. But I try to come as often as I can to buy something to hear Johnny's encouraging word of the day. They like to start their day like that. A month later, the manager said that it began to change the culture in the store. The floral department, instead of throwing away the broken flowers, they started pinning them on the young women or the elderly ladies to brighten their day. Amazing, huh? There are a lot of people in that store. But as it turns out, the most influential person was Johnny. Why? He started speaking words of life. And it he just started what, what he could, where he was at, and looked how it spread. And if it can happen in a grocery store like that, don't you think it can happen in our life too? Good words do equal a good life. So let's work on our speech, speaking words that heal and not words that hurt. Thank you again for being here. I encourage you to get to our website, www.nvcoc.net. You scroll way down, you'll find the radio icon. Click on that radio mic. You'll get not only this episode, but all our previous episodes. And I hope it's encouraging for you and it gets you to think. Thank you for being here and have a blessed day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.